Welcome to The Real Spotlight. In today's episode, we're joined by Giancarlos, or as you might know him as Merc with the Movies on Instagram. We'll be reviewing M. Night Shyamalan's latest, Nog at the Cabin, and we'll go head-to-head discussing his divisive filmography. And we'll be closing the episode by answering listener questions. For our 20th episode, we have Mr. Giancarlos Sanchez, known as Merc with the Movies, on Instagram. Gian, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. You know, we've been really good friends on Instagram for like two years. You know, we've been, we talk a lot of movies. We you know, we share that passion of being Latinos from New York. So, you know, I'm very happy to be here. I was excited when you finally hit me up because you have been telling me like, I want to have you in one of those episodes. So I'm glad it's finally the time to record you and Mania. But uh, yeah, I've been telling you, yeah, you're going to be a guest. And it's just like, we've been doing so many episodes that I, I keep forgetting. And I go, you know what? This year, I want to make sure we start getting people we haven't had on because last year we had like repeating guests. So my first question is, how did you get started with movies, your passion and what made you start your page on Instagram and how long have you had it? Um, You know, like my passion for movies started really young. Like, I mean, I don't think it was my first movie I ever saw, but the first movie I remember having memories of was Poltergeist, which I saw way too young at three or four years old um, i have five older siblings so when you have that many siblings watching movies and you're like the little the, i'm the youngest so you're just there like in the sala with them watching you tend to so that's probably like the first movie i'll say that i have vivid memories of watching when i really really started becoming a, like a real like film fan like i took it as a passion was when my my sister started dating my brother-in-law when i was 12 and he had a huge dvd collection so i just started like grabbing movies like he used to let me movies so i started like grabbing movies that i didn't know and that's when i started watching older movies that i had no idea about like from the 70s and the 80s regarding what i how i started my page it was similar to you tony that's like i used to just do like little small reviews for like the big movies on my personal page and i would always just like drop my top five and i had a bunch of friends some of them, oh you know you should start a you know because i've had I, I know you told me to say that then but i've had my pace since 2017 so at that stage it was like movie pages on instagram was kind of getting started becoming big but it wasn't the way it is now where we have like legit a whole film instagram community yeah so, you know i was like i was like people like, oh, you should start a movie page you know like just you know like that you could do all your movie just movie related stuff instead of mixing movies with your personal life and when it comes to my my name mark with the movies that's i that's all the credit goes to my wife jenny because i'm a big um deadpool fan he's known as mark with the movies i mean mark with the mouth so it was just like that, like, oh, no, you love Deadpool, you love movies. Just mix that up instead of just saying Gene Reviews or, you yeah. know, Gene Filming. Like, a lot of pe- people just use the names. Like, you know, because I wanted something creative. I didn't want something so simple. I have about 4,000 followers. I wish I had more because I feel like I dropped so many movie stuff. And I, yeah. I feel like my film knowledge is good. But, you know, like, I'll get there eventually. And I just, while it's small, I have a big following of, of loyal followers that I that I converse with. I've had great friendships, like, like I said, Tony, you know, we just bonded like that. Then we just realized that we had a lot of close connections being that how we are connected with like being Latino stuff like that. We just, we just really got cool. Just being film fans that enjoyed Arnold Spielberg and just a lot of 90 movies. So you're on top of your game when it comes to movie news. Like every time I log into Instagram and select to be seeing my like followers posts in order, you, there's always news from you. I know, trust me, I love it because it keeps me up to date, but I want to know how you keep up with it because that is dedication. 
big credit goes to my wife because she she's been at her job for like 12 years i, I work in a warehouse so like, but i'm allowed to like have headphones just to listen to podcasts my bosses my bosses are just like as long as you know like your work is getting done we don't care if you listen to stuff music or anything like that so i've always had a headphone on and like, whenever i have like little downtime i'll check that line or any of the movies the new sites and i'll see if there's anything new happening so i'll send it to her and then i like since she has her own office, she's able to make the whole. Cause she's pretty much the she's the editor. Like I'm just the brains of like the movie knowledge. She's she's the one that edits everything, makes the posts and stuff like that. So basically, I send her the information and then she calls me. She reads through me what what the article says and I try to word it in my own way because I don't want to just like copy and paste. So like I like okay, who's directing it? What's the plot of the movie? You know, like they'll add like yeah. stuff that's not needed for like an Instagram page. So I'll try to cut it short. And I have free time, I'll I'll do that. I, I like to do like basically the hashtags. I know they'll they'll just have the same hashtag like Cinephile, film Cinephile. So I usually like I I basically when she calls me, I'm like, okay, run run through me the credentials of said actor. And then I just use hashtags like that because I'm like, you know, there's there's actors that have big fan bases, so they they tend to follow the hashtag. I wouldn't be able to do all I do without her because working in the warehouse, I'm like, I work on my hands, so I can't be on your phone. Away. Yeah. You can't be yeah, going so like, to the you can't be going to the bathroom every five minutes. <laughs> exactly. So like her, she helps me a lot by the fact that she's able to pretty much write the captions for me. I just have to tell her what to write. So big is, thanks, big thanks I'm, to her then. Yeah. I was like, that's dedication. I can't even produce like three posts a week anymore. <laughs> Let me ask you, you're a part of the League of Cinephiles, the critic circle. Your knowledge is really, really good. And I wish I had that knowledge because I'm telling you, I could watch a movie like right now and then we do like a trivia about it. I won't know. Like I I have brain farts. And if you give me five minutes, I'll come up with the answer. But if it's like, okay, 20 seconds, I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, because I used to watch the Schmodown for years and I would frequently like, oh, that's easy. Well, I know that. And I'll pause it though. Be like, hmm, what is it? Okay, I got it. But I couldn't do it live, and that's why when they asked me, I'm like, I can't do trivia. So that don't even ask me to be in any kind of trivia contest. But anyway, you do. I mean, is it because you've watched so many movies? You have a great memory, or what's what's going on there with your your knowledge? Um, it's a mixture of both. Like I watched a lot of movies, obviously, and I have really good memory. Like when I was in school, I was really good in um like u.s history and global like i'm i'm really good at remembering days like when like when i in trivia when i get the release date like section i love it because i know when a movie is out like if there was like a question was like oh like they gave a bunch of pixar movies um which one came out first it's that sometimes it's the pressure that you put on yourself you're like you're thinking that i know this and then it's just not coming to you i'm like i wouldn't be able to do that i don't know how people do like jeopardy and shit but um so earlier this month, Tony and I had our birthdays. His was on the second, mine was on the fifth. And the movie we both chose to go see on the actual on our actual birthday was Knock at the Cabin. Tony, why don't you tell us a little more info about the movie? Uh, sure. Let me get into this. Uh, <laughs> looking at the wiki page, and I'm kind of surprised that the budget was so low. I thought this was a bigger budget movie. It's only twenty million. Because I was looking at the history of his movies. <laughs> Uh, signs unbreakable and uh, six cents all had 40 to 70 80 million dollars and that was what 20 plus years ago 
Yeah, he's been self-financing his last since the visit. He's been self-financing like he's been putting another mortgage in his house because he feels that by having a lower budget, it gives him more creative freedom to what he could do, which is smart because his yeah. movies, they're, now they're, they're so low budget that his movies always usually make money. So now it's like a bigger profit for Universal. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm just going off here. Split was a budget of $9 million and it made $279 million. So that's pretty cool. All right, so uh, Knock at the Cabin it is his newest apocalyptic psychological horror. And for the synopsis of the movie, I... Hold on a second. I don't see it here. Shoot. Don't worry. I have it. Just give me one quick second. Okay. While vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. And I'm just going to read the core cast as well. We have Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff, Rupert Grint, Nikki Amuka Bird, Ben Aldrich, Abby Quinn, and Kristen Chue. And honestly, I cannot wait to discuss this. So can we just right, get right into it now? <laughs> Let me start with Gian first because I, he is a bigger M. Night fan than I am. I've been kind of down with M. Night ever since his 2004-2013 run that he had. But we'll get into all that later. But I just wanted to focus on Knock at the Cabin first. I know that you gave it. Well, let me, I won't say what you gave it. <laughs> let, let me just ask you, um, as a fan, what did it exceed your expectations? Um, no, like the trailers was, they looked incredible. Like when you even put it as one of your most anticipated movies, I was very shocked, you know, because I've, I've followed you for so long. So I know that you're not very big on M. Night, but that trailer just looked good. It's like, I'm always, I'm like Monty, I'm a horror fan. So I, you put a horror or thriller in a cabin setting, like, you know, usually a recipe for like a, a fun movie at the very least. So I was very excited for it. And it honestly exceeded my expectations because he's known to be such a twist guy. I was scared of what the twist might be. I'm like, there's a great premise. So I was just like, please don't let the twist be like something like, oh, the world isn't really ending or something. So that was yeah. my worry going in. Like he's been on a solid run because I liked old more than most people did. It mostly delivered to my expectations to an extent. So, Mania, you watched the movie, and I actually haven't even asked you your thoughts <laughs> on it. No. I put up my review on Letterboxd, and I shared it, but you did not. And you didn't even react to it, so you're, like, no. keeping your <laughs> your thoughts very close to your chest. So, all right, give it to us. What did you think of the movie? So, I my knowledge on M. Night was actually not good until this episode. Not that it's, like, expert level now but i did watch a lot for this episode and i gotta say i do really like him and his vision a lot even his movies that are not necessarily something i would consider great or masterpiece at the very least i've been entertained watching it with that said i thought this movie was very beautiful you could like it was just very well shot i didn't know what to expect going in and i came out pleasantly surprised <laughs> in a good way in a good way yes okay yeah, so you were right, because I, Gian, that I haven't been a big M. Night. I kind of shit on him a lot. I was going to be honest with people and say, hey, this trailer, every time I see it, I like it. Like, I watched, what did I watch? I was watching some movie. Oh, Avatar. The trailer was, I'm like, damn, this shit looks good. I don't know why. The bigger reason was I wanted to see Bautista, because I've been a big fan of his. I've been a big proponent. 
I love what he's doing with his roles. And I wanted to kind of support him. I went in, I was digging the movie the first 30, 40 minutes, and it kind of fizzled out for me towards the end to take a hold of. But then there was just too much stuff going on that we didn't get the right details of what was actually going on, if I'm making any sense at all. I think it was pretty obvious what was going on. But... No, but there was just too, <laughs> it, it took too long. Like we kept getting, it was kind of redundant a little bit with, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it got a little it was too the same repetitive. Thing happening, yeah. Yeah. And it's because they're, they're in that same room. So it's kind of hard to, you know, do anything fresh. They were doing those good little flashbacks to show to dad, Jonathan Graf, Graf and uh, what's this guy's name? Ben. Uh, ben Alders. That was a good little break in between because I don't think they could have had 90 minutes of just being in that cabin. I liked it more than others especially my family um <laughs> i thought i thought that i was going to be giving this movie like an eight within the first 30 minutes like oh man this is the way it started with bautista i won't get into spoilers now this is a non-spoiler uh chat right now uh, i go wow this is good he's showing his acting skills and the way everybody came in i was really impressed and i agree with mania they look great the cinematography everything looked really good i just just thought we needed more. The twist wasn't twisty <clears throat> enough. But see, I actually appreciated that there wasn't. No I feel like, yeah, I feel like the no twist was the twist almost because I think yeah, everyone exactly. was expecting something. And based on like his recent movies, Split, The Visit, Old, even his TV show, Servant, he, I feel like recently he keeps his location very content in one place. And the fact that he's able to do so much with so little is incredible to me. A lot of stuff is vague and then it gets kind of a little frustrating for me because <laughs> you're like, okay, okay. We, we see stuff on the TV. Like, um, why is this happening? Some, some of the stuff that's happening is, doesn't make any sense to me, like logically. And then at the end, you get the little, it, it felt a little too easy, the ending. Even though it wasn't a long movie, I felt like they could have chopped off like 15 minutes of it. Do you guys agree or you think it was the perfect runtime? I actually wanted it to be longer. <laughs> like I felt it passed by too quick. Like it was before credit, it was like 90, 95 minutes on like that type of story. I would have thought it would have been like 150 minutes at least. Yeah, that's true. It could have been it could have been one of those <laughs> two hours and twenty minute movies. Well, you know me and movie lengths, Tony. I'm all for movies being shorter, but I thought this one was just the perfect length. Maybe some stuff could have been taken out to add other stuff, but as far as for it to be shorter, I, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, why don't we give our rating? Because we'll do a just a quick spoiler talk just to get into things that I want to talk about. I give more reasons of why I gave my rating. Uh, because I think you guys will be having ratings much higher than mine. And, but let's start with Gian. What was your... You had an 8 uh, or a 4 out of 5, right? Or I went, yeah, one 4 out of 5. My number 3 in his films, like, I really, really liked it a lot. But I understand... Like I said in my review, I understand the issues people have with it. Like, like your critiques were perfectly, like, understandable. But some of the critiques people had is actually what I loved about the movie. Honestly, I'm going to copy-paste your answer here. I gave it 4 out of 5. Uh, so mine was a 6 out of 10. I think, no, I think I gave it a 6.5. And I think I click like on Letterboxd. So like I said, it wasn't something that I disliked. I love the performances. I love Bautista in it. Yeah, everybody did great. Um, 
just had a little issue with the writing and the lack of twistiness that we're accustomed. And then the ending was a little bit too easy. But yeah, 6.5 out of 10. That's still positive. So we all basically liked it. You just liked it a little more. All right. So let's go to spoiler chat. All right. So if you have not seen the movie, we'll put the timestamps in the description and then you could just for you can go to the next this topic of discussion. So that way you're not spoiled. Once you watch the movie, you can listen to the whole thing. Let's get into spoilers. Just really quick. I don't I don't want to be like here for an hour. Um, so the last part, let me just let's just go to the end. I, I did like the fact that it was real because Same. you're like, you know, I I the last thing I wanted it was for them just to be four psychos meeting on Reddit or 4chan and just freaking killing people. That would have pissed me off. The way the movie started, I loved. I love the setup of Bautista coming. And then basically trying to get into the the cabin. Yeah, trying to get into the knocking at the cabin. <laughs> what, what? Let me just ask you. What was your favorite part of the movie, John? Favorite part? That's a that's a good question because I I liked a lot. I liked it a lot more than you. Like, there's so many things I could say. Like, I'm a wrestling fan, so I've been following Batista's career from when he started in the business and just seeing everything he's doing. Like. We we joke around how The Rock plays the same character all the time. So the fact that Batista's Glass Onion, he has this, he has Doom, like he does so many different roles. So his performance, I really love. Like after this movie, I said it. Like there is no doubt in my mind that everybody has to say he is the best actor turned wrestler, at least when it comes yeah. to acting ability. And I also like the fact that, like my me and mine said, the twist is that there was no twist going. It like I said in my review throughout the whole movie, I'm like. Is the world ending? Is it not? Like, as a viewer, I love when a movie makes me feel like where I'm second, like, questioning, like, oh, is it going to happen? So the twist was going to be that the world wasn't ending and they're just lunatics who just, like you said, met on a Reddit board or something and just wanted to kill people just for fun. And I made it be where it's like Batista and, and the three others and the family are likable. Like, I wasn't saying I was fully on Batista's side, but. I didn't hate the character despite what he was doing because, like, I understood their motives and then I understood why Ben Aldridge and um and Jonathan Groff they weren't willing to give up one one or the other. So I really loved that dynamic where was, you could kind of see the both sides of like, oh, these are the villains, we hate them. So I I like when a movie does that when it's like you can't really pick a side. That's a good to me. That's a good viewing experience. Yeah. So a really long time ago, there was like a History Channel thing that I watched about the four uh, horsemen of the apocalypse. So I kind of picked that up instantly after like the second disaster you see, not, I guess that's not instantly, but like the second disaster you see, I kind of picked that up that that's what they are. So I like that concept a lot that was incorporated in there, or I guess it was the whole basis of the story. Cause for some reason, when I watched it on that history channel, like little show, it freaked me out. <laughs> Even though, like, I don't really believe in it. Like, it freaked me out. So seeing it in, like, a movie, it was kind of nice to see. And this is kind of random, but the scene with the airplanes falling, that was one of my favorites because I've had nightmares like that. And I found it genuinely scary. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, the the Ben character, um, Jonathan's husband in the movie. What was what were the names in the movie? I, I, Eric and I, Andrew. I, okay, and that's, that's why I just said the real names. Yeah. And Jonathan Groff is Eric. Ben Aldridge is Andrew. Andrew, okay. So the Andrew character is like, I don't believe anything. I'm like, bro, you don't see the fucking planes <laughs> just dropping from the sky. I think the the one thing <clears throat> I wish I would have seen, this is just me, you know, me being just a regular 
dummy on a podcast just saying this is what I would have done in my movie. <laughs> would have liked to have seen like towards the end when you knew it was real, go flashback on the Bautista character and all the hype because they kept saying that they saw the same vision. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, if I- they would have maybe incorporated that somehow that oh this is real. Um, because they did a little montage at the end when, when the a- Andrew guy he goes to the truck and then he sees everybody's bag and then that you realize they're telling the truth because he finds you know the picture with the the lady with the, his son and and you know that she was a nurse he was a real teacher you know all that stuff so if we would have gotten a little bit of character detail on those four maybe maybe that's yeah. asking too that's much that's a good point yeah because like i wasn't like see how yeah. we got the flashback with eric and andrew yeah like, maybe a couple flashback with those four of how they met you or, know, you know, even in dialogue, because the scene with Abby Quinn's character, Adrienne, when she was talking about how she's next and she has a son and all that stuff, even that was kind of background on her character where it made me really care for her. I was like, no, yeah. I don't want her to like die, you know? So yeah. even something like that, I agree with you there, Tony. I, I think we could have benefited from a little background on the our four horsemen. <laughs> That's why I would have wanted like the extra 15 to 20 minutes because... Like I send Tony the what happened in the book. In the book, the daughter actually dies. Okay. Yeah, but but they were like that's not a real sacrifice because it was um when Batista's character in the book basically he was fighting um Ben Alder's character and like over the gun and it was like like a straight bullet that killed her. And then in the book, um the reason like basically remember he's not a non believer is because Ben Alder's character in the book is uh is an atheist while Eric's is Eric is a Christian, so like that's why they're act. I would love if they just mentioned that because it would explain why he's such a non-believer. Because like yeah. well, atheists would feel that way, like, oh, I don't believe this. this is a lie. Where a Christian would, you know, think like this is, you know, like God's purpose yeah, yeah. As, as messed Rapture. up as messed up as it is. I actually think they did a they did brush up on that very slightly when it on the flashback mm-hmm. of the adoption scene. You see like a mural of jesus and he goes you could pray if you want like i'm not gonna judge you you could pray right, if you want. Right, right. so i i i know it's like very slightly brushed upon and if you don't you know fully pay attention in that moment you might not catch it i'm just nitpicking at the the script because i think everybody does a great job in the cast so the the woman who plays the nurse her name is sabrina in the movie yeah she is really good i mean they're all good and yeah. you know, but but for me, Bautista's the standout. Because, Even the little girl, she was honestly yeah, she's amazing, incredible. Yeah. It, it's so hard to get these child actors, and and some directors know how to, you know, M Night. I was going to say, yeah, he's child actors. <laughs> he's kind of like Spielberg. Spielberg always finds these child actors, mm-hmm. not like George Lucas. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's um, fired, Tony. <laughs> Yeah, I was just so impressed with him. And I think I saw a recent interview with M. Night saying that he hadn't really seen anything from him until he saw his little cameo in Blade Runner. Yeah, he had no idea he was a wrestler. Yeah, and then and that's what I go back to Bautista saying, you know, I'm going to take these little roles and work with these great directors. And that's why you do it. You you want to get exposure. You don't want to be the prima donna. I have to be the fucking action star i want to make these b movie action movies because i need to be the lead i need to be the macho man he's like you know what i don't care about that i'm gonna make these little roles i'll have the but look, look he's worked with the nina he's worked with ryan johnson nice worked with m night 
So, you know, everybody's going to take notice and everybody, you know, even if you didn't like the movie, you you have to say he gave a great performance. Mm -hmm. Since we're talking about Bautista, let me uh, mention a question that we got from Travel Underscore Enthusiast. He asked, is Bautista the best wrestler to actor? And I'm assuming we're all going to say yes. At least when it comes to acting ability, 100%. Like The Rock, obviously, you can't deny his his success as as the lead. Like Batista has been in big movies, but he's been the supporting actor. But if if the question is basically asking us in terms of acting ability, by a mile. Like like I said in my review, it was like Blade Runner gave us a taste of what he could do it as as a dramatic actor. Like Knock at the Cabin was like hey, like take me serious. Like I I could do dramatic roles. I don't want to be pigeonholed as just the big muscular guy. Yeah, I don't want to be Drax. Um, <laughs> it's like he's, yeah. he's, ha- he's so happy to be done with that role. He, in all these interviews, like, you know, this is my final one. I'm very excited to do all this stuff. It's like, I mean, yeah, but that but gave you a big... Even as Drax, he still made it his own character type of thing. Like, it wasn't like The Rock in Black Adam where all you see is The Rock in a costume, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, oh, I didn't I didn't like Drax in Volume 2. He was just... Oh, Volume 2 just uh, had a lot of issues in general. <laughs> He uh, Gun just made him like a stand-up comedian. Like mm, everything he said true. had to be a joke. And like part one, Gunn. it was part yeah. one. Uh, Drax is so organic. Like all the shit they said. Well, is funny. that goes to show that's still not Dave Batista's fault type of thing. You no, know? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's he's just doing the he's mm-hmm. just doing the yeah, lines. Well, though he was directed. And I don't know much about wrestling, honestly. So. I'm just going to agree with you guys. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to have to say no, because have you seen Roddy Roddy Piper? And yeah, no, I'm just kidding. They live. I thought you were going to say Hulk Hogan is Thunder Lips and Rocky Three. <laughs> no, no, he was, he was awful. He was awful. But uh, what what's the movie called Hogan made that he was in a like, uh, ballerina outfit? Oh, like, Mr. Nanny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Um, no, no, he is definitely the best. Uh, the Rock is charming, but... I'm just getting tired of The Rock, and exactly. I know I'm shitting. The more and more news I hear about the way he's handled this Black Adam thing, the more I, I'm kind of losing respect for him. Uh, let's get to our final thoughts before we move on to discussing M. Night's filmography and career as a whole. So what do you have as your final thoughts of Knock at the Cabin, Young? I feel it was a return to form. Like, even though this, I like old, like I feel like this is like a legit good film, but... It's not an M. Night film if it doesn't divide people. So I like the fact that it divided people because it makes for a good discussion. And obviously, as we had here, a good podcast discussion. And he has a movie come, already coming out next year. So I just can't wait to see what's next for him. And maybe, hopefully, he works with Bautista again. You know, I already said I really enjoyed it. Uh, my only, I guess, nitpick at it would be, I think this was a movie that could have benefited from an ambiguous ending. That's my only quote-unquote beef with it but even then i thought that yeah but honestly the ending we got also felt like heartwarming almost so darkly very in an odd dark way it was heartwarming and i'm okay with that also yeah i mean that was my biggest nitpick was the ending part of going to a diner and letting the Mm -hmm. tv explain (laughs) i was just like i'd rather would have had scenes or flashbacks or something i just honestly i thought the moment that they were talking and stuff i wish like once they were done and him saying you have to do it it would end there and we would not know if they did it or not (laughs) or even saying like they escape no tv to tell you and then you just see like fucking planes dropping you see like tornadoes like you know it's real that was Mm -hmm. real and boom movie finishes and like i didn't do the diner scene yeah 
yeah so we we could have been like oh shit they were telling the truth like we didn't need to put the the id in our face and the camera oh this is real mm -hmm. like you know what i'm saying like that was yeah. just like here put that freaking nurse badge right in front of the camera <laughs> so you know it's real like i would have wished like money a little bit yeah ambiguity, ambiguity. It just you know we could have seen and then drive away and then in the distance you see like fires and all this crazy shit happening and the funny stuff is that in that whole scene we that we seen that new stuff and only one person that died is calling their family <laughs> in real life in real life everybody would have been like are you okay so, so when yeah. i saw that i was like come on only one person's calling everybody would have been calling in that diner yeah yeah and everybody was like cool like eating their their pancakes and all that <laughs> i'm like really you can't I, be uh, starving during the apocalypse, Sonny. <laughs> yeah. So, Mane, what would you rank this movie? You haven't seen them all, but right now, where is Knock at the Cabin in your rank of M Night? Uh, Knock at the Cabin is at number five for me right now, and it, I have don't don't reveal. No, your, no, no, I'm not. Um, but I was gonna say, like you said, I haven't seen all his movies yet, but I've seen what's considered his important movies, I guess. Oh, ouch. Well, by, by the general consensus, it's his so, quote-unquote so impermanence. Oh, duh, you got it. There you go. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this because I just watched Split and Glass last night and tonight, uh, this morning. I was expecting Knock at the Cabin to be four before I watched these two movies. And now I have it. became it. six. It became six. Okay. Believe it or not, I can't believe it. We'll, we'll get into that right now. The only ones that I haven't seen or his first one, which is you just said that you can watch it on YouTube, uh, Wide Awake. I'm not going to spend money on that. And uh, The <clears> Visit. <throat> the Visit, I'll probably do check it out because it, it does have a lot of good positive um, feedback on it. It's on even know. I, Okay, then I have that. I don't, um, I don't think so because I had to rent it and I checked everywhere. Before oh, so I, they must have taken it off. It was I there think last so, month. yeah, because oh, okay. the only ones available to stream right now are... Signs. signs and um I had old, to rent. old you're right yeah i haven't seen from him or tony like you said his first ever movie praying with anger i haven't seen wide awake or the village lady in water after earth or avatar but i have a feeling those won't be, won't be above the ones i have on my list so the yeah, only like ones the only that one i would tell you to watch it would be the village, the village. Yeah, yeah and that's that's the one i'm bummed about because i really tried to watch all the ones i wanted to before this episode and that was the one i didn't have time to but because i think I'll that's it, like yeah. maybe you can agree john that's kind of like a kind of like a cult classic even I, though it only has like 43 percent i tomatoes, feel like i'm gonna really like really, it <laughs> people actually like it no that that's another one where it's like i really love the first two acts but the final act i mean do, do you know the i know the, i know the twist yeah <laughs> yeah like once that stuff is revealed that it's really like 19th century and and that the the creatures is really just the people mm -hmm. i was just like come on but like the first two acts are so good and roger deacon's cinematography is amazing in it like there's a lot of stuff you like i, I can see you going like six six point five because the first two acts are really strong all right so let's get into m night real quick i have a few little facts fun facts actually to see if you guys know. I'm pretty sure this guy knows here because he's a <laughs> super fan. The first little surprising fact was M. Night almost wrote an Indiana Jones movie. Did anybody know that? I did not know that. I did not know that, but I knew because I, I know he he wanted to do the first Harry Potter. So I, I'm, I'm not surprised that he, he would as being as his remember, he was considered the next Spielberg after his first yeah. big movie, mainstream movie. So that makes sense that like he would he would have a pitch for Indiana Jones. 
So actually, it says that a tempting offer came from child, childhood hero Spielberg to write and direct the fourth Indiana Jones. Uh, Shyamalan clearly enjoyed the series, having played the character in one of his short films. Due to commitments, he couldn't do it. But that would have been kind of interesting to see uh, Indiana Jones because he would have been much. It would have been much darker if he would have wrote it. Obviously, it would have been maybe than Crystal Skull. Says that probably. <laughs> Uh, the one, another one is that you already said actually that he almost directed a Harry Potter movie. He was one of the directors earmarked to direct one of the installments. It got far enough that he met with Rupert Grint, who played Ronald Weasley in the series. Well, uh, there you go. I guess that's why he's in his movies and TV show. Yeah. And one that I found out after uh, signs that somebody did a report. I, I saw this was back in 2005. Is that all his movies are in Philadelphia. Like mm-hmm. Every movie has to be around Philly or around his house. And people are like, what's going on with him? That's fucking weird. Like, why does he have to be in Philly? Even like signs are like, that's not Philly. That is around Philadelphia. It's like, oh, they're from Philly, but they're in a Caribbean island. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even uh, in Knock at the Cabin, he was wearing the shirt that says Philadelphia swim something. Oh, yeah. It says right here, uh, Shyamalan broke his rule for old, which required a tropical island location. And COVID-19 precautions. Uh, Shyamalan believed it was worth the trouble. No one has ever seen anything like it. The one thing about M. Night is that he doesn't back down, even though people, even though he knows there's a lot of people that don't like his movies or or hate on it. He's like, he's proud of everything he's done. So I kind of respect that. Like, he doesn't be like, oh, yeah, I apologize for that movie. I know it Mm -hmm. sucks. He's like, nope. Everything I've made, I'm proud of it, which I, I, I just feel like he's a really nice guy. And that's why actors like this big name actors love working with him. I don't know. I just I get this vibe from him that is just very nice and pleasant to work with. You know, it's funny. Before this podcast, I kept thinking that Sixth Sense was his first movie. And even when I was on Quinn and Liam's podcast, I was like, wow, nobody's had such a great start with their first three movies. Not not even knowing he had two movies. But one, you don't really count. <clears throat> like you said, it was basically a student like movie. A student film. And then the one in 98 that probably nobody's ever seen. Nobody's ever talked about it. So that's probably why I didn't even know it existed. Let's just say for argument's sake that Sixth Sense was his first movie. I mean, I um, thought that was until like 2010. Yeah. Um, so you're not alone. In 99, he makes Sixth Sense. And it's a massive hit with critics and audiences. It was like a juggernaut in the box office. It made almost like seven hundred million worldwide. Like in back in ninety nine, that's a shitload of money. And the budget was forty million. Business pretty much is coming out party. When it first came out in ninety nine, that was such a huge thing. That was like word of mouth. That's how it made its money. Because mm-hmm. I remember everybody like, oh, have you seen this? Have you got to go see it? You got to go see this movie. Like everybody was talking about it at work. That comes out. Then a year later, he comes out with Unbreakable, which is not as acclaimed with critics and audiences. It goes down quite a bit because uh, Sixth Sense has a, I think, close to 90% on Rotten Tomatoes with the audience as well. Unbreakable is like 70% critics and 77 audience. And it doesn't make as much money, even though the budget is almost double what is Sixth Sense. Then two years later, he does Signs. Which for the life of me, I don't know why it has a 75% critics. It should be like 97. That's just me. Uh, audience is 67. Those people don't know what the hell they're talking about. (laughs) 
budget is uh 72 billion and it makes over 400 million so that was so right there those three movies over 1 billion for those three gross so you're like shit this guy is going to be one of the best filmmakers in the 21st century then we get to 2004 and we get to the village but before we get to that your thoughts on those first three that made him like a superstar yeah um the six sons like I didn't know the twist going in, but you know the I see dead people was such a big thing in '99 that it was it, like like Tony said it was a big cultural thing where it was like you everybody was talking about it. I was I was seven when that movie came out, but like I said, like having so many siblings, I saw it younger than I needed to be, and I was just blown away when you know like when you find out that Bruce Willis was dead the whole movie because they do it so subtly, like like the scene when his wife is having the the dinner. Like the anniversary dinner, like the chair is just out enough where he could sit, where it's like he wouldn't fall, like he wouldn't yeah. fall through, or whatever the case is. When the check comes, she puts her hand just right in time before he does. Like it's so subtle. Like obviously, when you rewatch the movie, you could kind of see it, but it's just so great and unbreakable. It was like so ahead of its time, like given how superhero movies dominate the culture now. Like, because the way I describe it is like a deconstruction of like, what if Superman didn't know that he was Superman? Yeah, and then regarding signs is that's probably the closest he's ever gone to making a Spielberg movie. It's funny because when I wa- I watched Six Sons for the first time about maybe like three four years ago, and I knew the tw- like the ending and the twist, the big twist and all that, and I still enjoyed it very much, and I still got the emotions that I feel like somebody who didn't know the ending would get it. So absolutely love the Six Sense and. I watched Signs so long ago, basically, that I didn't remember details. I basically watched it for the first time this morning. And let me just say, I cried watching that movie. That's how well-written, well-acted, and it was just so beautiful. And Unbreakable, I also just watched for the first time, like, three days ago. And I agree 100% with what you guys said about it. So, yeah. (laughs) I think, well, let's just get it right out. I'm just going to say that, obviously, that's my number one. Uh, it's been my number one since 2002 there's so many great scenes in that movie and the best part of that movie is that he's not trying to scare you Mm -hmm. but it's so scary just the ambiance just he doesn't need to show you aliens you see the silhouette of the alien you see the the foot in in the crops you see the foot trying to get him under the under the the door and then you finally see it at the end but and then you, of course, you get one of the best scenes with Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix, and seeing the, the the kid's birthday party in Brazil, and he's like, "Where are muchacho?" And he's trying to see the TV, and his reaction to it is what makes the scene so amazing. But to me, the the scene that gets to me is when they're that dinner scene when they're eating. Oh yeah! Like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh! Yeah, that's the scene where I was like, legit, start crying at that scene because it was just it felt so real. Like I I feel like if I was there in real life it would exactly pan out the way he did so i mean there's so many tones like the religious thing he's losing faith and his wife that everything worked out perfect that the creature at the end looks kind of silly but i don't care about that because the movie is so great the story the character i'm gonna give it a pass because i i don't care what the alien looks like you know what i'm saying like you're not caring about that i'm sure that if he made that now with the special effects that it is now, they you probably would have had more scenes of 
them chasing it or fighting it in the but daylight. The is, or... I'm kind of glad it doesn't have that. Like no, no, I'm just saying, yeah, like, oh, okay, it, I yeah, imagine yeah. if it would have been made now, it, it, it would have been easier for him to be like, hey, well, let's make the CGI. It's going to look mm -hmm. amazing. But uh, with Signs, again, underrated performance, and it's probably one of her best is Tony Collette. She's so amazing. There's a scene where he is in the car and he's telling her what his her mom is saying. And she, bro, she's been, she, yeah, she's been a fucking legend for so long and she doesn't have an Oscar. Isn't that crazy? Wait, which part are you talking about? <clears throat> Tony Collette in, in Sixth Sense. Oh, in Sixth Sense. Okay, I was like, for a second, I thought you were talking about science. I was like, she wasn't in that. <laughs> oh, did I say science? I'm sorry. Sixth Sense, yeah. <laughs> And then Haley Joe Osman, he's amazing. I mean, he was a what? How old? How old was he? Like ten? Yeah, like between that nine 10. to eleven range. Yeah, I mean, freaking gets nominated for best supporting actor, and he deserved it. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the thing. Like he was so good in it. So I mean, he's the big performance. And again, he knows how to cast these kids. So boom, those three movies, or God, man, amazing. I see the I see the trailer. Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, that's Ron Howard's kid. Because I've never seen her in anything ever. So I'm like, oh, she's an actress. Okay, that's cool. Went to the theater first day. I'm like, what happened? You said like the first two, two, I think I liked the first half or maybe the first 40 minutes. But after that, I wasn't a big fan at all. And then again, I went to watch his next movie in the theater. Lady because in the it's water. Lady in the Water. Because I go, Paul Giamatti is hot. He just made Sideways. He's getting all his money. He's a leading actor now. And that was even worse in the village. That is to this day the worst movie I ever saw in theaters. And that is like, I was dating a girl there. I wanted to see Click and she wanted to see that. So I made a compromise. Okay, you pick the movie for now and then I'll pick next week or whatever the case is. And that is why I have a rule that unless, with my wife, unless I also want to see the movie, I won't. I don't allow you to pick the movies because I was so burned when I allow a, a, a female to pick it. I was like, that's not click, click with nah, Adam Sandler. Like, I was so pissed off because that's the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. I was like, mm. <laughs> this movie makes no sense. It's so bad. But the trailer looks, I don't know. Uh, trailers are so deceiving, man. Especially Because the trailer is pretty good. Trailers. So after having three incredible films in a row, my man, M. Night, does five movies from 20, 2004 to 2013. They were all unmemorable and at times unwatchable. So we have Village, Lady in the Water, The Happening, Avatar, After Earth. Let me just tell you, those five movies, when you average them out on Rotten Tomatoes, is 20.4. Avatar has a 5% and it should have a 0% in my estimation. After Earth is 12%. Happening is 17. Too high. Lady in the Water is 25, and The Village is 43. So from all the ones you just mentioned, I've only seen one, and that's The Happening. I can't mention Avatar without my blood pressure going through the roof because like, I'm so... <laughs> I've said it before. I didn't want to go into it. Like, Shan <laughs> put a message up saying, it wasn't that bad, disgust. I honestly <laughs> don't want to because... It's just going to sound petty and, and just me going off on a movie and it'll be boring. Go read his letterbox review. <laughs> no, it's, I put a, a lot. So, no, it's a slap to the face of anybody that ever watched The Last Airbender. Like that show, that cartoon is one of the most amazing piece of like IP content shows and whatever you want to call it that has ever been made. And then, I mean, 
besides there's just the whitewashing is horrible and then you just go with the, the all the stories like that's a four season show that they had to compromise into like i mean they compromised the first season i believe of the show the first like season which is like 20 episodes they made it's it to a, one, it's 100, it's 100 minutes yeah like come on can't do that and and the mispronounce the tr- mispronounce <laughs> here we're here we're gonna talk about it. here you go shan we're gonna talk about it uh <laughs> let me just get into it <laughs> the mispronouncing of the names was weird like ong like what I, I guess they were trying to be more like let's try to pronounce it the way they do it there but it just felt weird because that's not how they do it in the show but you mentioned they try to jam all 20 episodes into one movie which is impossible uh because uh the plan was for him to make three that was his goal he was going to make three movies and the main reason why he made the movie is because his daughter or his kid, one of his kids, dressed up as Katara, or it must have been his daughter, as uh, in Halloween, like two years prior. So what gets to me is that this movie actually made money. You know, it's like it, it, it's uh, it made three hundred nineteen million worldwide. And then if you factor in the one hundred and thirty million of advertising, it made like that's way too much money for who's taking their. Oh, my God. Shame on all of you people who haven't seen the well, that's the thing. People who haven't seen the animated would go see it with their kids, and then people who had seen the animated show, they would go watch it because they've seen the animated show. One of the biggest things that I didn't understand is like having the the firebenders needing fire around them to to bend fire. I don't know why he would do that because in the show, they don't need any element, they just produce fire from their fucking hands. You know, it's it's the waterbenders who need some kind of water. Like Katara, if she does water, she needs like a, a, a some moisture, like clouds or water next to her. That that's or established blood. in the show. Yeah, she will Don't well, forget and, blood bending. Yeah. Well, I was like <laughs> insane. But uh, but yeah, like I don't understand why he that would be so he's giving the other elements more of an advantage. Don't don't get me with the freaking uh who's the guy who plays Zuko? The, the, um, the Dev Patel. Dev Patel. yeah he's a good actor but come on where's the scar come on, you gonna fuck up the scar <clears throat> wow tony you're so mad right now <laughs> anyway I, lo- I love a good tony rant <laughs> i should i should we should just so you- have an episode called the rant and just have <laughs> five rants of, of what we want to rant about all right that was the end of that question shan i can't even although the five movies i mentioned john any of those you actually do you like are you a fan of the village? The village, no, the first two acts, and um, the happening is actually a little guilty pleasure. I have some fun with it because he just, I just see it as a B level movie. Like I don't take it serious, and I like some of the stuff. Some of the kills are pretty good, but the twist about how, how it was all nature, I was like, really, that's Chicago. This is the most basic thing for that kind of movie. And then Lady in the Water, like I said, is the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. Last Airbender is a slap to the face of anybody that that loves the show like we do. And then um, After Earth is just, again, the whole slap has turned a lot of people on Will Smith. But, you know, before that, he's, you know, he was well-loved. He's one of the most charismatic actors we ever had. So you have you cast one of the most charismatic actors of all time. What do you do? You have him sit down the whole movie. And then and have his serious. son, who was yeah, not who was, a good actor. Charisma vacuum. Like, come on. It's a, it was a vanity product that was horrible. <laughs> it was a horrible movie. Yeah. Well, let, let's get into his four latest or his 
Oh, we talked about knock at the cabin. And then after the visit, the visit, um, I thought split was 2017. No, yeah, 20... no, it was because it, it was it premiered at, um, yeah, um, Fangoria, right? That's what that's the, the horror festival, Fantasia, right? Oh, so they, it, it premiered in theaters in 2017, yeah, January. Okay. Yeah, got it. Let's go into <clears throat> split glass and old real quick. Uh, those were his three previous ones that actually got good responses from people. I've mentioned before, like I wasn't a big fan of Split, and I mentioned it in the podcast with Quinn. And I say, you know what? I'm gonna rewatch it. I I don't wanna because I don't remember it. And then when I'm watching it, I go, "Fuck, man! I must have not been paying attention." <laughs> because what is this? I was so engaged in the movie, and I go, "Bro, I must have been watching it with people." So I don't remember most of these scenes. And I go, who was nominated for Best Actor that year? Because goddamn, James McAvoy is so fucking good. I don't know how he did that. That was like the first time I see somebody switch between personalities and do it so good. Do the voices, do the accents, mm-hmm. do the, the the expression, his body language. So amazing, you know? And, you know, Anya Taylor-Joy, this is what, her second movie? Maybe her third movie? So she's still... Um, was still a young actress, but her face tells it all. She does. She has a great face for fear. Like you could see the fear in her eye, and the water. You know, she has big eyes and those watery eyes. You know, that gets to you. I really enjoyed the movie. I put it a seven point five, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, this shit's gonna be like a four out of ten. You know, in my head, you know. And but hey, I gotta, I gotta eat crow because I, I'm gonna be honest. If I talk shit and then i like it i'm gonna say i liked it so i hope everybody um appreciates that uh you guys were fans you you watched split for the first time money or you had oh no i had already seen it no no i didn't even rewatch it for this because i've i remember it really well okay yeah so i gave it a seven five what do you have it at um john um, I have it a four out of at a four out of five. I really, I really loved it. Like I told, like I DM'd you, I actually liked it more when I first saw it. When I rewatching it, I've seen that movie like probably like five, six times. I usually rewatch it every time the the last three times we had a new movie coming out. But like some of the subplots like kind of drag out the movie a bit for me. But I love his performance and seeing seeing that ending like when when Bruce Willis came out. I'm a big Unbreakable fan. Like I said, it's my second favorite Shyamalan movie. So. As soon as I saw Dunn in his thing, I reacted like crazy in the, in the in the theater. Like I feel some people reacted crazy because oh Bruce Willis, I reacted crazy because I knew what it meant. Yeah, like, like oh we're gonna get this the yeah because you're thinking about it, you're like wait a minute, this is a sequel to Unbreakable. Like he you know you weren't thinking about like that. that the whole time. No, I like the ending part because the the buildup of the tension of the violence was because. You have all these different personalities. And by the end, you're thinking, oh, he's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything. And then when the doctor comes at the end and he becomes this beast thing. Uh, and oh, goes crazy. poor little lady. Yeah. I yeah, because I, I for sure thought those they were going to escape, you know, or, or something was going to happen. Again, I must have not watched the movie. <laughs> well, my, maybe I was drinking. I don't know, but I don't remember half of it. <laughs> Uh, but I like the last part of him seeing her basically been abused her whole life and say, oh, you know what? <laughs> You've been through pain. I'm going to let you go. Kind of like 
But the one thing I had is like, so they were under a zoo the whole time mm -hmm. and nobody came down to, that was the only one little part I was just thinking like. That's understandable. Because I'm like, okay, they've been there for days now. And this guy just shows up to the bottom like, oh, what are you doing there? Like, yeah, that, that was a, but, but again, the performances are so strong. I'm not gonna nitpick on it. That was just me thinking like, hmm, that's a little, it's a little much. So I get to Glass, and I don't think I had seen it because I wasn't a fan of Split, you know, before. Yeah, so I just kind of avoided it. And, okay, I'm watching the movie, and I go, oh, I'm not going to like it, 37%. It has like a two-point something on Letterboxd or, or something like that. But, dude, I know you didn't like it. I got to tell you, I really liked it. Where and I like it. And I like, I think, even though James McAvoy, again, steals the, the movie, it's Samuel L's one of his best performances in a long time. Yeah. I mean, uh Bruce Willis is there. Like he doesn't really say much. He's not, he's just kind of like there for show. He he doesn't really play a big part till the end, the end sequence. It's pretty much McAvoy and Samuel. L. And Samuel L was pretty much quiet, like the first what 40 minutes. He's not saying that, he's just looking yeah, at the Yeah, I think he space. doesn't start to like the hour mark. And then after he starts talking, like, God damn, he's good. But I don't know. I just like that whole concept. The only, the one thing I will say is that I don't know if the Anya Taylor Joy character was needed. Like, do you agree? Like, do you think she was needed in the movie? I guess it was just like because the end scene it had like somebody from Easter Lives since oh, that's the yeah. only person that I, I, that's the only reason because I'm with you. Like, she, like I remember when she was announced to come back. I'm like, why? I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, he kidnapped her and you know all that stuff, and then. Like all of a sudden, like you care for him to that extent. Like, yeah, yeah, like, she, to, like he's murdered weird. all these kids, they murdered all these people, and you're he like, ate her sympathy? friend's stomach. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I would, the movie finished and I go, What the fuck, man? I like this. I don't know. How about you, Mona? Did you like Glass? I I liked the I liked it all the way up to like the last 20 minutes. I don't are we talking spoilers or I don't know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, it's been, yeah. been on like four years. I thought the deaths kind of came. I felt blindsided almost. They came out of nowhere and they didn't need to all die. Yeah, like David didn't need to die. Like him and him getting killed in like the dumbest way ever. I was like, seriously? No, no. Like seriously? Like I get yeah. it. Waters is weakness. I get that. But I just I wanted a showdown between him and. Um, I'm just going to say James McAvoy's character because he has multiple characters, yeah. but I wanted like a big show. I know we got a little snippet of it, but I wanted to see more. I I, I did enjoy it up until that point, though, but I, yeah, do, and what, yeah, I do think the ending of this kind, not kind of, it ruined it for me. I think I had it at, believe it or not, I think I had it like a 7.5. And mm -hmm. then the ending happened and I yeah. dropped it to like a 6.5 Yeah, because of the deaths. I'm like, okay, why are we killing him in a little puddle of water? Yeah. And like, why all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden. There's a cult. Like there's a cult <laughs> with the leprechaun, uh, with the yeah. 40 clover tattoos that mm -hmm. wasn't really explained. Yeah. It kind of, they kind of just threw that in there out of nowhere and then it didn't even play a really big role and i, I and, I, and really I hated thought... the train station scene too at the end i was like really like yeah. if i got a random link as a text message i wouldn't open that shit i would be like oh this is a virus i really thought 
that he figured out a way to like get into the system of the the, the building that he was talking mm-hmm. about samuel L. jackson uh, mr yeah. glass and i still blow it up from the grave yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh this building's gonna blow up anyway the the, the ending was the biggest uh thing i do that I, I do this- like that he brought the original cast back like the sun was actually the sun from unbreakable and i thought that was cool yeah he looks exactly like i know the kid. <laughs> it's crazy yet he's getting recast for gladiator 2 because remember that that's that's who played the kid in gladiator and palmas oh, oh really <laughs> yeah so it's like it's like you came back for the sequel that nobody likes and then the one that mo- people might like because palmas Scott now is like you got the short end of the stick yeah what, what would you give the the score for old uh gian would you say four or two oh, no no I, on old that one 3.5 because i just liked the ambition of it like the the execution wasn't always there like i didn't it's been a year and change so it was like but like i didn't like the twist but then when it came when it the ended with that the kids got back to the hotel and they ruined everything it kind of went up for me like when that twist happened i was at a three but then yeah. when like it's like the kids actually got their revenge and they they, they exploited them i'm okay i'm gonna I'm go at a 3.5 because i like that i like that it gave us a good ending i really 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 love the concept of old I think it was super cool and I've never seen anything like it before. And I believe that one's based on a book too. Yeah. So yeah, a it was, graphic novel. Yeah. And it was again very beautiful to look at. But my God, I thought the writing was atrocious <laughs> on it. And it didn't know when to end. <laughs> like I felt like that ending kept going and going and going. And I didn't again, cool concept, very poorly executed. Yeah, I want to rewatch it. So I'm, I don't want to really. Yeah, the thing is, it has great actors. So for them to not be able to deliver these lines really well, I'm like, okay, this is all the writing's fault. Yeah, I'm going to rewatch it because I'm in and uh, maybe it'll be a streak of rewatching and me reliking it. So um, like, I, I'm shocked still that I, I'm giving, I'm going to give a glass of positive score <laughs> on Letterboxd. Yeah, I'm looking shocking. at this. The cinema score for for Glass is a B. Uh, Split has a B, a B plus, and Old has a C plus, and Knock at the Cabin has a C. Yeah, that that ending kind of like really damaged later for a lot of people. That third act and Knock at the Cabin, I thought it was gonna be like at least a B minus. So when mm-hmm. I saw that C, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that third act because like I said in my review, I'm like, what people are hating about it, I actually liked it. So, but as soon yeah. as I saw that, I'm like, yeah, that that's gonna mess it up for people. All right, so why don't we give our top five M Night movies? Oh, you want me to go five to one or one through five? Five to one, you could do. Okay, um, sorry, Tony, but it's signs. Oh, well, we're gonna finish this <laughs> podcast real quick. Um, split is fourth, knock at the cabin is three, unbreakable is two, and the sixth sense is one number one. You have knock at the cabin above signs, bro. What okay. <laughs> I'm sorry that that twist of the water kills the like I've never understood that's like how their their weakness is water and they come to a planet that's surrounded by water. Like, well, they're that, in a, they're in a place that has no water, and there's so been just, water planted <laughs> everywhere. Like the little girl, what's her name? Um, Abigail. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's putting water everywhere. That's a little sign right there. Oh, yeah, it's like it's like the like I said, like his movies are fun to rewatch when you know the twist because you see all the clues, like. Yeah. For the sixth sense, like the studio wanted him to, because when he says, when Cole says, I see dead people, 
it passed right at Bruce Willis' face. And the executives at Merrimack wanted him to take it off because they felt it was going to be a dead giveaway. But as we saw, nobody nobody really caught on on, on to rewatches and theaters. Everybody was shocked. Okay, my top five. Special shout out to The Visit because I did really enjoy it, but it was my number six. I just had to throw it in there. Uh, but six. Uh, yeah. Uh, number five, I have Knock at the Cabin. Mm-hmm. At number four, I have Unbreakable. At number three, Split. And my top two, I went back and forth a lot, but ultimately, I think I'm going to put the Sixth Sense of Two and Signs as one. There you go. The <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to have number five. Can't believe I'm saying this. Number five is going to be Glass. Number four is Split. Three is going to be Unbreakable. Two, Six Sense, and One Sign. Yes, Knock at the Cabin does not make my top five. I said what I said. <laughs> hey, I respect. I, like I said, I get it why people don't like it. All right. That is our M Night discussion. Actually, before we end the discussion, um, how many seasons is Servant on already on Apple TV? It's currently on the fourth. It's going to be the final season, though, right? Yeah. Fourth, yeah. Yeah, the, the the final season, which is good. Like, I always feel like four to six seasons are, is the sweet spot for shows. Yeah. But, Tony, each season's only 10 episodes, and the episodes are no longer than 40 minutes. They're That's short episodes. Yeah, but episodes. some some of the episodes are even like 25 minutes, pretty short. So trust me, if I can fly through it, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but mean, it's, fly through it's, it's funny because it's, it's, really, it's really engaging. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of questionable things in there that I like. <laughs> and this is but Chris it's Evans. Hmm? Is Chris Evans in it? Or is that, mm-hmm. am I thinking of another show with Chris Evans on? No, that was Defending Jacob. Oh, that's, yeah, okay, got it. This is with Rupert Grant. <laughs> okay. Rupert Grant, the, the the daughter from Six Feet Under, and um Toby Cobble from Spider Man. I'm, I'm trying to no, I'm trying to figure out what Tony. Have you ever seen Rock and Roll or the Guy Ritchie movie? Oh, and when the Apes movies, he was um Kobo. He played he played the villain in um War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, I mean no. his motion capture, but yeah, that's his biggest role. And it has the the blogging guy from Spider Man. No Way Home and Homecoming and all that. Yeah, yeah. We'll me, that. me and Money highly recommended Tony. <laughs> like, we'll, right. I, I, I feel like you'll you'll really enjoy because you're into like like mystery, sci-fi, and stuff like that. Like, yeah. you, you're really into just, that genre stuff. Just go in knowing the wife is a lot. <laughs> oh my god, especially season one. Yeah, the last uh, few days, like I'm trying to like, I miss work when I'm, like, I'm gonna watch. Uh, I watch Normal People, and there's That's some so episode. Good. And uh, and those were like twenty minutes, twenty minute episodes. There were some that were like twenty five, but uh fuck, fuck my Scott, man. It, two things <laughs> I watch with him, he just fucking breaks my heart. <laughs> Let's get to the questions really quick. Um, we actually answered three. <laughs> But let's give him a shout out. Travel underscore enthusiast. He asked about Bautista being the best wrestler turned actor. We agreed. Movie underscore lover asked if have you seen Servant? We talked about that. Uh, but he actually asked another question. He said, best performance by an actor in a M. Night movie. In all his movies, who do you think gave the best performance? Bruce Willis in Unbreakable. I actually think that's his, the greatest performance of his career. Fuck, this is hard because I really, really liked Mel Gibson in Signs. Again, he made me cry. And clearly, if I didn't cry for After Sun, that says a lot about how much I cry for movies. But you didn't cry for After Sun? No. But she's, she's Medusa. <laughs> Stone Cold. 
<laughs> so yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Mel Gibson or even Joaquin Phoenix did a great job too. If you can't tell, I, I was blown away by signs on my rewatch. I'm gonna Probably give. Well. I'm actually gonna do. Um, it's gonna be. Uh, what oh is my it gosh, I'm so stupid. Probably James McAvoy in Split. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was gonna say that. I'm like, really? That. Take it away, Tony. His, no, because I really, thunder. I'm so sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I was think I was gonna say him by saying, but you know what? I'm gonna give L.A. <laughs> Joe Osment a, a nod because he was so amazing in Sixth Sense. I think I, I, I agree with Mel Gibson. I, I agree with Bruce, Bruce Willis, but and Tony Collette, even though it's a small role, she fucking crushes it. So I'm gonna give those. Those are my answers. All right, next one is Shan from Forager. Avatar the Last Man Airbender <laughs> isn't that bad. Discuss, we discussed it. Um, these are the questions that Gian got when he put his up his prompt. Um Pablo dot Antonio dot twenty-four asked as a film critic, how do you sit through a movie knowing it's hot garbage from the start? <laughs> Not me with me is just I feel like I need to give every movie a chance, you know, like, like yeah. even if a trailer looks bad, there's some movies that I feel are going to be bad. And they tend to be pleasant surprises. And then sometimes I sit through with them. Cause like, I have a rule. It's like, if I don't finish a movie, I won't review it on the page. Cause I don't feel like you give a proper review. If you don't see the full movie, cause there's a lot of movies that I hate where the ending is good. And then I'm, it might go up and score. And then sometimes, like I said, if a movie's bad, I'll finish it because I actually kind of want to go on a little rant like I did with Skin and Marink. Like, it's, I mean, I don't know if you saw that yet, Monty, because I know you're a horror fan, but that Yeah, movie no, I haven't watched it yet. It's on Shudder already, but oh my God, I don't know how that has 70% of Rotten Tomatoes. But why that Why is, are people being funny with the five-star reviews? On no, 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 they're, no. No, I feel like it's a very divisive movie. People, There are people who actually think it's like one of the scariest movies I've seen. Yeah, like there's no, there's, there's like no, like like any movie, you know, there's there's Blumhouse and a few other people. Jason Blum is like, oh my god, this is like a grind. I mean, it is it's experimental, so I understand why certain people like it. Like there's a there's a big portion of the movie was like the cameras on the floor, and you're just watching feet walk. You never see nobody's f- actual face. It's just it's just too much. Yeah, but... I do plan on watching it, so. Oh my, god, I can't Stay wait. For you. <laughs> if you watch, it, you have to talk it in the pot at least for me. Just make two minutes for it. I have this OCD thing. I can't stop a movie and not go back to it, even if I hate it. So I think by character default, <laughs> I have to finish it. But for example, I watched um, Triangle of Sadness last weekend, and I absolutely, absolutely hated that movie. So I had to pause and go back to it between different times of the day. So yeah, I guess that's my strategy. Whenever you're over it, pause it, go do whatever you got to do, and then I don't watch like the same thing with Black Adam. I watched it in like 30 minute increments. <laughs> so. Well, I have a recent reference to this question because I sat through Moonfall <laughs> just as a joke because we talked about it in the podcast. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let me watch it. 20 minutes in, I go, I turn to hey. my wife and I go, what is going on? These are real. I mean, Halle Berry looks like she couldn't care about what's going on in this movie. She's monotone. She's like, yeah, we need to do this. We need to do that. The the, the person who plays her ex-husband is one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. Um, Patrick Wilson, he's not a leading man, so please stop. 
And I really wanted to turn it off, but like you, I have a role that I want to put it on letterbox, but I have to finish the movie. And even though it was like, I try to find something positive, even though movies can be really hot garbage, like Pablo said, there's some, there's there can be something you could pull from it and be like, well, at least this is good. But at least that is good. Can you this say that about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Tony? No, that one was my <laughs> worst movie of the year. And that, that was like a negative. But that sunflower of... field scene, Tony. No, <laughs> no. It's hard. Like, I, I don't go out of my way to go, oh, what's the worst movie of the year? So I could go watch it. You know, I, I, I don't want to do that because I, I don't want to spend time watching <clears throat> shit like that. So um, sometimes if you have to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Avatar The Last Airbender. Texas all day. <laughs> okay. I would watch Texas and then I'll do watch I was Blonde expecting right, right you after to, that. Oh, my God. I was expecting you to like have a hard time answering that, but no, no. that says a lot. Okay. It's just, uh, it, I have it, a hatred for that movie. I don't want, I don't Avatar have, uh, your least favorite movie of all time. Yes. Wow. Okay. And, and it's only because of the show. This like, makes if, me want to watch it. If I never, uh, uh, have seen the show, I wouldn't care less about it. Like, but, oh, this, this movie is horrible. Yeah. But because of the show is so important to me and my family, we watched it live. Like we watched mm -hmm. it. While it was like episodically, an, yeah, and we were so excited about it. The trailer, like, oh, that's pretty cool. No, I, I can't. Um, no, I can't. No. <laughs> if I could have one movie erased from existence, it would be this one. That, now that, I know. That's what I'll say about that. I, it's uh, funny you last... said that. I was listening to a sorry, I was listening to a podcast, and they asked him if there's one movie that you could take away from your filmography, which one would it be? And he didn't want to answer, but it's like you could tell that would be the one because Lady in the Water, for as bad as it is, as it is he made it because that was a bedtime story he told his daughter. Yeah. So I feel like he wouldn't he wouldn't erase that one from it. And then after that, his, his worst movie is The Last Airbender. So I feel like he would say that, but he just, like you said, Tony, like he's not a filmmaker that tends to bam off any of his work and like other directors. Mm -hmm. But like his quietness, I'm like, <laughs> it would be that one because like I said, Lady in the Water, he has a connection to it, so he wouldn't say that. All right, let's go. To, we have two questions left, uh, both from uh, Gian's uh, followers. Well, I think they follow me too. I don't know, maybe. Anyway, uh, next question is uh, um, the dot geeky that boy asks, "Do you think the Flash will actually be good?" Well, there's actually people from the our critic circles. There's two of them that have seen it. I mean, obviously, they can't. I can't say their name because they weren't even supposed to tell me because yeah. embargoes and stuff like that and NDAs, but. They this they the most they could say was like it does live up to the hype is is actually a legit good movie and they just hope that Ezra Miller issues aside that people show up for it because it's, it's not a movie that is a good enough movie where it deserves you know like shouldn't everybody else that put in the work shouldn't get punished for his mistakes because and then the fact that it's actually a good movie. It's yeah. hard. It's hard. I'm sorry. It's hard to to separate. I understand for, because this guy's done so much weird shit and bad shit. Like I honestly don't know if I'm gonna see it. Because I, and it's right because so many people have worked on it, but the fact that they've given this dude so many chances after so many chances, it doesn't make sense. Like he should have been fired way before they even made this movie. You know what I'm saying? Like agreed, they should have been agreed. done with him. And they could have, if they would have recasted him, nobody would have said anything. It wasn't like he, he was in the movie, like just as like, oh my God, he's so amazing as Flash. I never hear that. Yeah, he was okay. Henry Cavill was a different thing. Like, oh, we can't recast him. But with him, go ahead. Who cares? 
I, I gun and uh the the other his Saffron. other partner. Yeah, they were like, Oh, this is a masterpiece, one of the best ever. And that's them hyping the movie up, of course, but you never know. What do you think, Money? I, I saw the poster just came out, right? Like yeah. a couple of days ago, or was it yesterday? And I I I'm it was it looked good. The poster looked good. Um I absolutely hate <laughs> I Ezra Miller. Yeah, not to not to be a hateful person, but I think if you're gonna hate anyone, he's the actor to hate. But like you said, I think a lot of people worked hard on it. I the video of I forget the actress's name, but she got casted as Supergirl, the her being all emotional and crying. I would love to see her as Supergirl. I'll definitely go see it, but I hope if there is sequels to it, they do recast him because at this point there's no excuse. Okay, right, yeah. Um, I, I yeah, one day recast when when uh Gunn said, Oh, we're gonna think about it, we're not we're we're gonna figure out if he's gonna stay or not. I'm like, is he just being uh careful, leaving everything to you know close mm-hmm. to his chest? Yeah, and he doesn't want to say nothing just because it'll kind of be silly. Oh, yeah, by the way, we're gonna fire him, but his movie's yeah. coming out in May. That wouldn't yeah, make like, sense. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I guess said, for I'll future, just wait. I'll yeah. wait until you guys watch it, and then if you say, "Oh yeah, by the way, they're they're doing this multiverse where he's done. He's not going to be a part of the." You know what I'm saying? That's what I want to see. I want to see because they can do it. Like, they and the thing the... is, if they're gonna listen, we saw it even in the Dark Knight with Rachel's character being recasted. It's possible to recast. No one's going to be upset about it because, again, he's not a very good person in real life. So, I'd say if this, I say I'm like, if this is good and there are sequels, recast him. But I understand. I kind of understand why they didn't for this one, or I'm trying to be understanding, just because. Again, I do want to see the movie, so maybe I'm just fooling myself here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question. Uh, Logan. Farrell. Done. Nineteen ninety four. Ask what films had the best twist endings? Oh, I know mine. <laughs> I'd go probably the Six Sons or Fight Club. You know, I watched classics late, so at that point, there were no longer a twist. But I think I would go with Predestination, just because I love that movie, and I will forever tell people to watch it. So, yeah, Predestination. I recommend that movie a lot to a lot of people, too. Giving you a virtual high five. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pick Denise's first masterpiece in Incendies. I haven't seen it. (laughs) So we, that's that's why they didn't want to talk about the twist for yeah don't movies, tell me i don't want to know <laughs> no, no no i won't tell you but it, it's it's mind-blowing and my number like, one defense wow. yeah like i that one and an arrival are just so neck and neck like i could flip a coin and say okay this is my it's kind of like goodfellas and raging bull i could flip a coin to pick which one's my number one all right well that's it for the questions i do want to thank gian for joining us why don't you let the peeps know where to find you on social media? Um, you guys could find me on Instagram at Mer- with the Movies. Like Tony said, Amani said, I post like twenty <laughs> movie news a day, daily daily movie new, uh, reviews. I pretty much go to movies every week. So like any new movie that drops, you you get reviews on my page. I do polls. I I usually run a year long project. This year, I'm doing '90s Film Friday, so I'm just reviewing every Friday. I review a movie from the '90s. I'm usually I'm trying to pick less popular movies because I like if I, I don't want to review like Goodfellas or Sons of the Lambs because those are movies that everybody knows. Yeah. Um, similar to Tony, I'm part of the critic circle on Instagram. We usually, if you follow us, you usually get like group ratings of like little mini reviews for all of us together. And I'm also part like Tony. I'm also part of 
um, the League of Cinephiles. I usually do trivia, which tends to be fun. There's a lot of great things, a lot of great matches. And that's and maybe you could find hear me again in on the spot if they invite me again, which I hope they do. Um, ever ever thought of doing one of your own? Oh no! Like you see this, all this, uh, like like respect, my brother. Like I would not be able to like I I don't mind to, part of the pose. You would have to do it on the train, I guess, because you're so busy. <laughs> yeah, like I would. I've always said it. Like I respect anybody who hosts a podcast because I know the work it takes from editing and just finding the topics and everything like that. So like I respect to you both for running. Like I, I, I always said it like I would, I don't, I would have never mind being like a co-host for somebody, but I would not want to be the person in charge of doing yeah. all the work that takes in to make a great podcast. But uh, no, thanks for um, coming on. Um, I just asked you this week, so I appreciate you hopping on here. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I picked this topic because I know you were a big fan of M night. You know a lot about him and I'm glad that I rewatched those movies as I don't, have to talk shit about it anymore and next you're still time, in, next you're still in shot that i like glass yeah we're gonna see we're gonna see old go from a four to like a 6.5 watch mine because yeah. <laughs> tony tony uh Shyamalan, our rewatch worked for tony better than our first watch and if you guys would like to follow us on instagram our username is the underscore real spotlight over there we also have a link tree where it will link you to where you can listen to the podcast and also we have a website now, so it is still in its early stages, so we appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to episode 20. Until next time, peace out. <laughs>